Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Peterson's strobe tuners are quite literally the best tuners in the world. Available in the form of the Stomp HD pedal, the Strobo Clip Clip-On, and even an iOS and Android-supported strobe tuning app. The Strobo Stomp HD comes in an incredibly high-quality standard effects pedal size chassis with an absolutely whopping LCD screen size and user-defined variable colour display, featuring over a hundred exclusive sweetened tunings designed to help correct inherent tuning issues exhibited by many instruments. And the guided tunings mode, my favourite, displays numeric string values instead of traditional note names, making for surefire, intuitive and rapid retuning to any number of open and alternative tunings. Peterson tuners make tuning accuracy simple and definite. It's probably the most important part of your pedal board, so why go for anything other than the best? Check them out at petersontuners.com. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. Season 2, episode 14, I am your host Joe Branton, joined this week by Naomi McLeod. Hello. Jay Cross. The pubs are open for the first time and in months. And, and you've Matt made me... Knight. Oh, yes, I have actually. We are recording on the first day that the pubs are back open. I kind of realised this, but I'm glad. Glad we're missing it. Just think, they're all going to be <laughs> masses of people everywhere. There's, they're going to be. Mean, you, you're going to get blue sick. sky out there, Joe. Blue, yeah, blue sky earlier. I don't want to sit in a pub. Snow- it's it did snow earlier for me as well. But I have. Yeah. I've. I've. I've spent the last year purchasing really nice winter jackets. So well, plural. Well, how many are you going to wear? Oh, just a few. all of them. No, have like, you decided that uh, because you don't buy real amps anymore, you just buy plugins <laughs> that you've replaced all that real estate that you're saving by not having amps with uh, winter yeah. coats? Yeah, exactly. Well, I was okay. I, I, I was looking at like Joe Pesci in the movie Home Alone, and I was like, he looks great in that, like the rolled beanie, the long jacket, <laughs> the the fingerless gloves. I was like, this is a strong. I mean, look. He, he he like. He doesn't look great in it. He looks like he looks like he's been beaten up the whole time. Like even at the start of the movie, he looks no. like he, he's had a hard he's had a hard day at the I, start. I've got I've got time for that look. I've got time for that man. <laughs> I think he's awesome. But you know that, that look especially. Um, you know, I'm I'm gonna try. That's what I'm going to try and bring to you know uh, uh, us all getting to be able to see each other again. I'm going to try and bring a little bit of Joe Pesci. 
Uh, um, I've got a good. So a few years ago, I went to see um, the Frankie Valley musical. You guys into Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons? Absolutely. Uh, not, not seen the musical though. Musical's good. I haven't seen the movie. I'd like to see the movie, but um, I, you know, I assume it's basically the same. But in there, they they basically talked about the fact that um, that was all uh, like kind of uh, Frankie Valley meeting the band, meeting the Four Seasons was all down to Joe Pesci. Um, Joe Pe- like Frankie Valley was just kind of like a, a singer in the clubs in, in New York at the time. And uh, Joe Pesci was kind of, you know, an up-and-coming member of the... Uh, Mafia. A- an up-and-coming business businessman, um, I guess we could say. And uh, he spotted Frankie Valley and they became mates. And then he introduced him to... Um, the uh, Bob Bob Gaudio, who's the other guy in, um, who's like the other songwriter in the Four Seasons, um, and uh, yeah, they they became like they became like lifelong friends, and it was all down to all down to Joe Pesci, and I think he actually is the one who made the musical happen. I think he was the the guy who kind of pushed pushed that through. I think he was like executive producer or whatever. Um, that is but yeah, awesome. so he's like you know, he continues to be an uh, continues to be a excellent dude, um, mm. Joe Pesci. Ugh, what a man! What a man! Anyway, I'm going to try and remember at the start this week because I keep doing it at the end of the podcast. So I'm going to just welcome our new patrons at the start of this week. Uh, a, a, a second welcome to Holly Simpson, who just joined us a couple of weeks ago. Has upgraded to the top oh, tier, our ten dollar right. tier. Legend. So Holly's Holly's name will join the uh, the Patreon song uh, at the end of this episode. Also joining us is Peter Darling. Thank you very much, Peter. Darling, <laughs> legend. Yeah, yeah, see what I did there. <laughs> that is and, a good and name. Also, good name. There's there's a little bit of extra songage uh, at the end of this episode um, from Tyge Harmon um, because Tyge actually joined us quite some time ago and then upgraded to the uh, to the ten dollar tier. But actually, the way Patreon does it can be a little confusing, so you can just overpay for your same tier. Without it updating oh. you, you have to select the tier. So he he was still a five dollar tier, but he was overpaying for it. He's paying double, wanting to be a ten dollar tier, and he eventually messaged me and was like, well, "Why do you never say my name?" It was because I didn't know. So I'm gonna I'm I, I'm doing the normal song, but I've also made a little song just for Taj to make up for. Oh wow! Um, all the time, so he's got his own special song there at the end but yes welcome you know dear listener if you want to join us on patreon you get loads of extra content and you know plus the chance to to be in our patreon song you can go and check us out at patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds speaking of all things guitar nerds matt we're uh, we're starting the new home recording guide we're actually recording that this week so that's uh, yep. kicking off the difficult second season. Um, <laughs> third season, Matt. It's the third season. You were oh, on yeah. the first. Actually, that's that's even worse. The incredibly yeah. difficult third album. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. No, I'm excited. I'm excited now that I have things up and running and mm-hmm. I'm excited to put pen to paper or guitar notes to DAW. Um, finally. Um, yeah, yeah I've, it, it's actually helped me kind of write a little bit more and come up with a few more ideas um what i'm sort of struggling with at the moment is turning what is a eight bar chord progression into like a whole song um but i've kind of found that 
using um, Easy Drummer has been really good for that because you can kind of just sketch pad out a bunch of stuff over a drum beat and you kind of know you're sort of recording in time and then you can go in and sort of like mess around with the order a bit more. Um, mm. But one thing I am excited to talk to um, the guys at Joe Personas Gilder. about, yeah. Joe Gilder. Oh, oh, yeah, Joe Gilder's the, the Personas studio engineer um, yes. who we're having as a guest on the first episode. Um, because I saw that they updated it recently and they've, and I think this, I don't know if this is unique to Personas or there are other DAWs that have it, but like a song arranger mode. So you can kind of lay out a, you know, a guitar track, um, on the timeline of, you know, audio timeline and you can cut it into sections and then you can kind of like drag and drop it into like different so you can kind of mess around with like an order of an entire song um as a separate timeline at the top so if you're like oh i wonder what this part would sound like before this um and i've sort of been doing a rough kind of version of that in easy drummer um but yeah just sort of developing a songwriting skill i guess you know rather than just going oh this riff sounds cool and then going yeah it's not so cool if you just loop it for like 20 (laughs) minutes um but it's been really good to actually like record something and i would like to be able to have just a few tracks at the end of the year that are sort of recorded mixed and uh mastered and i think this time joe we're going to go for we haven't really discussed it properly but i think we were probably going to try and go for maybe a different style, but also maybe a longer song, maybe try and add some different parts in. Yeah. 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 It's going to be very, very exciting. And I've also bought a bunch of new stuff and, you know, I want to try and mic up some amps properly and all of that. Um, Oh yeah. Because you've got your, your little mic clip that will go on either of your cabs. That's, that's exciting. Yeah. What amp head are you running most at the moment? Uh, so I am mixing the Morgan PR12 and the Rajani uh, VOD50. Um, the Morgan's obviously amazing. That sort of like high-powered um, Princeton sort of thing. Um, but the Rajani's kind of like a, I don't know, like a twin, like a silver panel twin, I guess, mm. um, in some ways. But the drive channel's much more like a Marshall. So it's sort of almost like two amps in one, but the clean channel, the reverb is amazing. I spoke about it before, but it's that sort of like big, um, spring reverb. You can have this kind of ridiculous, um, depth on it. Um, so I'm running that into a one twelve and the Morgan into a one twelve. Um, but yeah, I want to start sort of recording the dry sound and the wet sound and a DI. Um, so I can, you know, maybe do some reamping later or something like that. But, um, just kind of messing around with sounds, I guess. Something I've never really done before, rather than just going, right, I'm going to plug my pedal board in and make noises for two hours. Like, actually trying to give myself a project and focus Some on that. coherence um, to And that's been noises. really enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I will write an ambient album, I'm sure. Um, but no, it's been nice to actually, like, yeah, have a project and work on different things and actually learn a few different skills, I guess. Should I yeah. really wish I'd started about 15 years ago? <laughs> um, because, yeah, it's just something I'm like, oh man, I just, yeah, really, really missed a uh, an opportunity. So I'd say that anyone listening, uh, you know, there's no better time than right now to start recording some notes. 
No, I would say use that as your ongoing fuel as well, Matt, because Mm. it sounds like you're in a good, inspired place. Yeah, I'm enjoying hearing like I always love hearing about other people's workflows and what's kind of helping them to write. For me, it was like switching doll was a huge thing. Like I worked in Pro Tools for years and thought, you know, God, this is like it's the industry standard. So like what better tool could there be for my creativity? And then when I switched like years later to Ableton. like something just clicked completely Mm. differently in terms of getting from having no idea to having like a four track idea down and like you say like just when you hit when you find a tool that's conducive to more than looping your own part for 20 minutes straight and wondering why you haven't released an album of it yet it's um yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's just a really good um, feeling when you find something I think as well, like, um, you know, I did some filming uh, last week uh, with a guitar friend of mine and we did a photo shoot a couple of weeks ago uh, with a couple of other people that I know. And I was like, even in the lockdown times that we found ourselves in, I'm like, oh man, there's this such a great opportunity to still collaborate. You know, it, people can record at home and, you know, I'm starting to kind of like write some music with, you know, some of my friends and then like back and forth a few tracks like oh can you do something on this or you know um go i'm missing a part for this do you fancy sort of like giving something a go and actually use that as a kind of way to like work with people um and then hopefully you know when things are, are better um you know have a few songs that i can actually like play in a band with i was just thinking the other day i was like i really would like to play at least one more gig um before I die. <laughs> well, yeah, like in life. I haven't, I haven't played. I mean, it's it's been like ten be years since ten years since I played a gig. I think ten. Oh, years? has it? Oh, no way! Right. Okay. Um, wait. Yeah, it must be the last gig I did. Yeah. Is it a show I, that I put on? No, I can't actually remember what that show was now. No, well, that's a long. Yeah, old it's time. been it's been about ten years. Yeah, I would say it's been about ten years. So, you know, I just like, I don't want to leave it another 10 years. Like I just, like you said, I don't, re- I can't believe I left it 15 years before I actually tried to record anything. Um, mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I don't know, something clicked recently where I'm like, you don't have to play it. I don't know for so long. And I think maybe a bit of like BIM came into this where it's like, oh, if you're going to play in a band and you need to like, you know, be a manager and you need to like promote all this stuff and you need to be successful. And I'm like, and I, th- I think that stuck with me for so long. And now I'm like, no, I just want to like play in a band for fun and like yeah. talk yeah. to people who also play instruments and have fun, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and it not be serious. I think for so long I've been like, oh, if I'm going to record something, it's going to have to be like really serious. And, you know, a lot of my job has got in the way before. And, you know, now that I work from home, I've got all this more time. And I'm like, I want to share some creativity. Um with some people so yeah i'm sort of excited for writing some stuff down as it were so that when we can do more of that i've actually like i can find some band members and go hey look here's some things i wrote why don't we try that so yeah the artistic journey of mad night yeah you're going to be able to micromanage the hell out of those rehearsals exactly (laughs) be like right guys we're six minutes in yeah Um, loops yeah so um yeah, I don't know. And yeah, at the same time, though, also talking to my friend who's um, got a couple of cool ambient projects on at the moment, which I think I spoke about a few weeks ago, and he's sort of like leading me further down the rabbit hole of Eurorack. And I'm like, maybe I'll just 
just start oh, a one-man yeah. Eurorack project um, and turn up to Eurorack jam nights. I'm going to plug this module in and you plug it into that. Sounds great. Um, but no, I must, I must uh, you know, record. I feel like not, that's not the inevitable instrument. end result of you. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um, and actually, one other thing, just try and listen to some more music like different music and listen to music with the, uh, and try and take ideas from it and kind of like break things down, listen to it. Oh yeah, that that drum beat's cool. Like I might try something like that, you know? So, um, yeah, I kind of feel like re-inspired by music recently. You you sound it, Matt. It's a bloody great feeling. Oh, wonderful. Yes. Wonderful. Congratulations. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I feel I feel incredibly rare joy at hearing all the things you have to say just now. It's it's very good. Yes. Now I want to so, yeah. I want to talk about some stuff that we've uh, that we've got. Uh, sorry, I felt like I interrupted you then, Matt. I didn't mean to. If, if you're still on a roll, keep going. No, no. <laughs> I, I was gonna I was gonna say uh, uh, I was gonna say uh, I was inspired by a quote, which has stuck with me, which is. Um, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is today. And I know it sounds a bit cheesy, but, you know, that's kind of how I feel with the music in some ways. It's like, probably should have started 20 years ago, but the next best time is to start right now. Do it. Totally. Do it. Yeah. Totally. Very true. Do it. Absolutely. You can cut me off now, Joe. <laughs> very well. Now, I wanted to talk. I'm very excited about this thing that we got uh, delivered this week. So I got a message from uh, Shotmaker, Shotmaker Instruments in Poland. Um, and, the, 90s, uh, that, uh, the, the 90s emo band, Shotmaker. There was a <laughs> 90s emo band called Shotmaker? I didn't know yeah. that. Anyway, so they said oh. to me, um, uh, they, they, they messaged me and they said, would you like the heroin? And I said, absolutely. <laughs> um, so they, they've sent... They, heroin? <laughs> the, the 90s emo band? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. No, they, So they make a couple of pedals, the heroin and the heroin deluxe. And... Um, yeah, they, they they sent this across to us, and I absolutely love it. Now, it, it's it's really quite an interest. So it's a drive pedal, but it's so much more than that. In fact, uh, the guys at Shotmaker weren't even sure what to what quite to call this pedal because it's part preamp, drive, distortion, fuzz. It's kind of got all of those things. But I think what makes what makes specifically the Heroin Deluxe so interesting and so different is the way that the controls work on there because they're a little bit unusual. The control names are like Master, Pre, High Cut, Sustain 1, Sustain 2, and there's a bright switch as well. And the way that, way it works is your Master control is an amp-like boost, um, which which it's it's a, it's silicon transistor based so it provides like a 50s power amp style drive but it's very reactive so it inc- it compresses and it clips the more you turn it up which is very interesting so you can use that and this is what i actually really liked this is where this pedal really came to life for me is really relying a lot on that and rolling off an awful lot of the other controls and you get a really nice subtle tone which if you stuck everything at 12 o'clock on this pedal, you would be nowhere near. It would be so drivey at that stage. So it's like you almost have to shut down a lot of things to get something quite subtle, but it's so very dynamic and so interesting and so rich sounding, and it worked fantastically on bass. I really love that control especially. And then you've got the the pre-control, which they, they say acts like a post-phase inverter master volume. 
So it ranges from 60s to 70s era drive, and then you crank it, you get some real fuzz. And then you have the sustain circuit, which is an extra gain stage in the pre, which they say takes you to more sort of 80s and 90s tones. So that sustain circuit's kind of working with the pre. And then there's basically, it's a two-button drive so you've got your on off and then your second switch is switching you between your two sustain options you've got two sustain controls one for one and one for two so it's great if you want to kind of use it subtly on one and use it as like a kind of drivey dynamic uh preamp and then use that second switch with the sustain kind of cranked and you've got an uh, you've got kind of a good vintage sounding fuzz and there's an awful lot of uh, substance to the tone if you kick in that sustain like a lot of low end if you roll off that high cut um, and it, it, this sorry to just quickly no, jump no, in go, go, this, go. is the sustain can you switch the sustain on or off or is it just between one or one or two so it's just between one right, okay. and two, but you could but roll you could it turn, off, obviously. Yeah, you could on roll, one. roll one of them off. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I thought I'd do my uh, my favourite thing and read the manual very, very quickly. Um, and the, it's actually quite helpful to just understand a little bit more about their thought process and what it is. And it's effectively an amp with a distortion pedal built in, which I think is quite cool. Um, that's kind of the way that they sort of look at it and describe it in the manual um but i like this idea of that you've got a master volume sort of like power amp section you've got a preamp section and then your preamp section has a bit of you know a distortion circuit in it um and i can imagine like you say joe probably incredibly uh incredibly versatile yeah well that was kind of it it was just like this was such a unique way to look at the incredibly well-trodden path of making a drive pedal um, mm. I really love the controls. Like, once you understand the controls, I, I think it, then you know how to use it. And I, that obviously, that sounds like a stupid thing to say. But, I mean, you have to understand that they're different. I, I watched a demo just before the pedal had turned up by by uh, Dip Switch demos, you know, friend of the podcast. And, and they um, uh, on on that demo, they said that when the – when they plugged the pedal in, they had everything at 12 o'clock and it was just like, this is a, you know, this is a drive pedal. Because that's kind of what you do, isn't it? When you plug in a drive pedal, put everything in the middle and then mm-hmm. cut or add Work based your on way that. From there. Yeah. Exactly. Whereas this is, this is just a totally, you almost have to take it one control at a time, adding it in as much as you want. Like start with a master, but with everything else off and then bring in the other things to sort of tailor your tone. I I thought it was a fantastic way and made me, because I liked how I could shape the tone so much, it made me really able to shape the tone exactly how I wanted it. Like I, I didn't feel like I was getting the best that I could out of this. I felt like I was getting absolutely everything I wanted out of the pedal. So is it is it kind of like a pre, there's like a preset EQ and you can just sort of roll off some of the top end because um, there's no tone control per se, is there? It's no, like, it's it's an interesting choice. That high cut is substantial though. It kind of um, yeah. It's not just sort of. I guess you'd almost be fooled in the name by thinking it would work like a kind of a passive tone on a on a guitar, but it's yeah. it's incredibly dynamic the the so there's more it's not just yeah okay 
yeah. I feel like it's manipulating a master tone, you know, rather than yeah, just okay. being a high cut. And then there's also a bright switch as well on the deluxe, which I also feel is oddly named because it feels more like it changes the response of everything. It's almost like a different preset for the entire pedal. Everything feels different with the bright switch hmm. on. It doesn't just add a little bit of top. It's like this is a different voicing for the pedal entirely. Um, but just, I I absolutely loved it. I, I don't normally oh. get this excited about sort of drive pedals, but it sounded fantastic. It sounded as good on bass as it did guitar. Actually, I loved it on bass. I was really annoyed. I sort of had it out and I had my pedal board to the side. And I was like, oh, this is really good. And I was like, I'll just plug in, you know, the, the drive setup that I use on my pedal board. And I was like, oh, no, it sounds better. And I'm used, I've got, like, you know, <laughs> two stack drives and a compressor. Well, actually, three stack drives, including the the internal treble boost on the MS3. Three stack drives and a compressor, like, shaping my ultimate drive tone. And they didn't sound as good as just the And you just plugged drugs. in one pedal and it sounded yeah. better. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. This this could be classic, so- classic Joe Branton, yeah. <laughs> Joe, Joe Magpie Branton finding a new shiny thing to have a look at for the day. That's yeah, that's exactly what this is. But I really <laughs> like it, listeners. Check it out. Uh, Shopmaker is the company, and uh, yeah, they just do. I think they just do the Heron and the Heron Deluxe as their pedals. I don't think. Oh, nice. Are they a new company or? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Sort of getting getting their start. Relatively new. They'd certainly managed to get this out to quite a few um, uh, sort of YouTube demo people. Um, Sure. So there is Mm -hmm. there's some interesting videos out there to watch. Um, But yeah, I I just a really listener watch some videos. I think they all do a good job of of um, showing off this this pedal. But uh, yeah, a, a fantastic drive option if you're looking for something that's wholly unique and not, you know, just a, a Tube Screamer or a Blues Driver copycat sort of thing. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very cool, very fun. Our friends at Isotope have just made their portable recording solution, the Spire Studio, even better. Designed with simplicity and ease of use at its core, the Spire Studio gives you access to obscenely good and alarmingly advanced recording quality without needing prior knowledge of a DAW or access to a high-spec computer or a bunch of plugins. The second-generation Spire Studio ups the stakes by offering ultra-low noise preamps that offer smoother, quieter recording and increased storage capacity. There's also also Spire Pro, an optional subscription service accessed via the iOS app, which includes audio repair technology from Isotope's RX software, so you can fix noise, popping, clipping, and plosive issues, and personalized sound check feature that listens and learns from your voice and environment. Record anywhere, whenever inspiration strikes. Check them out at isotope.com. So, you know, in the, uh, the the thing I want to move on to next is I want to talk about tuners. Specifically, I want to talk about Peterson tuners because we got we got sent some of their tuning devices. Now, a tuner is the sort of thing I expect Jay to get excited about um, as it's kind of an accessory, but it's something that I have definitely not given a fair crack of the whip to. In fact, you know, I often don't have one on my board. Like, I'll just use the built-in one on the ms3 or, or or whatever so you know it's it's something that i've never been i've never really cared about the ones that are, are, are supposed to be better than others it all seems like 
close enough for rock and roll seems to to kind of make sense. But my goodness, Peterson tuners aren't they aren't they actually pretty good? They're kind of like the gold standard of tuners, and I, I didn't really realise this. Um, yeah, it, I mean the the tuner of the sixties and seventies, like you know probably the most expensive tuners ever made um but they're they're analog um tuners and i mean they still make one now a fully analog dial strobe tuner i think they in fact i think they invented the strobe tuner i mean that's like yeah uh eight hundred dollars i think wow um, yeah they do some they do some tip top tuners and of, of course the whole thing is the the whole idea of strobe tuning which i didn't really know about until i got I got the Strobo Stomp HD and the Strobo Clip HD, their clip-on tuner and their standard uh, sort of compact effects pedal size thing. But I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know about strobe tuning, and I guess that's how tuning kind of started, or you know how the first tuners were working via actual strobe lights, rather than just something that tells me it's E. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how, how. How do they work? Do you know how they work, Matty? I assume you know how they work. I don't. No, I know. Obviously, I know how you tune to them, but I don't know how they actually work. I'm guessing it's something to do with electricity. (laughs) 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 Um, Thomas Edison. Yeah, it. it, I. I. I don't know if I'm being perfectly honest. I know a little bit of the tuner history, um, in in some ways, but I mean, this was the main way that tuners worked. I mean, I remember seeing for sale like jimmy page's old strobe tuner from like the mid 60s and they were like these massive boxes look like a lunchbox basically like on top of his amp that you sort of like plugged into um but yeah i mean they've been around for a very very long time but i mean it's, i mean it's, it's, it, it took sorry jay you go i was just gonna say it's kind of funny when you think about it really because you know, you think about this of tuners of being these kind of like uh, just something that have always been around. I mean, people people our age, I guess, do anyway. Think of the tuners that have always been around, and it's just like, oh yeah, I'll just get my tuner or whatever. But you don't even have to go that far back. It's only been in the last ten years that really, well, maybe okay, maybe like twelve years or so that we started seeing clip-on tuners. You know, it's re- good, you really don't have to go tuners, yeah. I'm not even sure really you can you need to caveat it. I think, you know, when I first started working at GAC in 2009, there weren't any clip-on tuners. You know, the the, the you it was all plug-in stuff. It was all um if if you oh, didn't yeah. have a TU3, um and for a long time the TU3 was the only thing you could get and then there was the Korg Pitch Black and then TC came out with the um the Polytune, which obviously revolutionised a load of stuff, and then when, uh, other than that, it was all handheld products like the Korg mm. CA1 mm-hmm. um, or GA1 if you didn't well. have the chromatic version, and then the Boss TU80, which was a great tuner. Um, yeah, but the- you know, you think about like when it comes to kind of clip-on tuners, um, the uh, IntelliTune was the first one that I can think of, and they were really expensive, really expensive. Yeah, I think. Um- the Boss TU12, the needle tuner, yeah, came out in '88, and I think that was the first portable, like widely available analog needle tuner. 
It's just so it's, mad to think um, about. So yeah. mad to think about. Well, that, like, I mean, you know, you, you, something that you just take so for granted nowadays. It's like, oh, oh yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I, I tune on my phone. Do you know what I mean? Like, or yeah. I use the tuner on my amp. Like, there's just tuners everywhere. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we've said it before, but Tu Two was the first ped floor pedal tuner. Yeah. Uh, and that was 1998. Wow. Yeah. yeah um, and actually, the story goes that Boss had the technology for a number of years, but was like, no one's go- who's gonna who's gonna buy one. Because everyone's got like a TU twelve or what? I mean, the BC, the old BCBs, up yeah. until recently, had the space for your TU twelve, <laughs> you know, to go in in the top. And that's how everyone yeah. used it. I mean, that, I mean, those analog tuners are are amazing, and I mean, that's why Peterson so well known because the accuracy of the strobe tuning was so incredible well the, the, um, and that's that actually kind of leads on to to something that sort of makes these pedals great because i will admit when you know when i got these i kind of was like well i know these are good tuners but also like does does the you know <laughs> does it matter what's what's the difference going to be and and other than you know the, the pedal actually being in, incredibly well built it, i will say just to caveat it, it took me a little while to get used to the strobing like you know the direction that the strobes move in for for you to be sharp or flat I, I was unfamiliar to me, as we're all more used to, or I guess if you don't use a Peterson tuner, you're more used to a needle-based kind of tuning system. Even the TU2 TU had strobing on, didn't it, Matthew? It did. Yeah, it had, it had a, a, it had a strobe it? mode, didn't it? Yeah. 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 yeah but, um, but yeah, I mean, this, it, Sorry, Jacob. No. Uh, well, I, I was just uh, I was just going to uh, carry on and just say that you know the it, it took me a little while to get used to the strobing, but then after I was settled in, I was like, okay, well now I know how to use this. I can see already off the bat how much more accurate this is going to be. But it's the options, as if I'd ever realised options were going to be something that was important in a tuner. Um, but they'd they'd added some additional things, which I thought was super cool. One of the really useful things I thought was because you can build your own tuning types in there. I can um, I can set tunings that remove that uh, apply string numbers instead of note names, which is really useful if you use. I know that sounds weird, but if you use a lot of different tunings and you're you know you you switch between them a lot it's hard to keep track of maybe oh now you know my third string is a oh is i a see G. so you're right so you you move on to like song four and in song four you're playing in dadgad and you're like oh hang on a sec what string is the g string like exactly. oh, actually, or what note is it yeah it's still g yeah sorry what yeah. note is it yeah of course yeah because it's still yeah. g and actually the the note is still g in dadgad which was dreadful example but um, <laughs> i see exa- i see exactly what you mean that that is quite an yeah. interesting way of doing it uh, i just thought really smart like the sort of thing you don't expect to see but very very useful and then the, the thing that i think was was most interesting which certainly seems to be something that the the team at peterson seems to be talking a lot is talking about is the idea of sweetened tunings and that's sweetened tunings is something you get on the clip as well that's something you can access via the clip by just flicking through selecting your instrument you can have your sweetened guitar or sweetened bass tunings um hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. I was just wondering, what is the sweetened tuning that they speak of? Well, I'm glad you, that you asked. Because, uh, <laughs> Gladly. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, so uh, sweet and tuning is, um, uh, okay, so it, I, I have to kind Crikey, of read. this has been done. This, this, like, this, after disconnecting and then reconnecting, this has gone yeah. so smoothly, Joe. I don't yeah. think it's that's <laughs> honest. I think it's Thank fine. You. No, it's good. It was good. No one Seamless. noticed the interruption between that. That's good. Okay, fine. So tunings are based on intervals, not the notes themselves, but the the you know the spaces in between those notes. So so when kind of when appropriately applied, these tunings adjust the space between certain notes so that said notes will sound better together. If that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So for instance, there's, you, yeah. there's like there's an ideal amount of space between a root note. Um, and the fifth note above it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and when the distance is adjusted perfectly, the, the two notes, when played together, sound very good. And it results in, you know, you, it means that you get chords that sound enhancedly good. But the adjustment does have some downsides because it, it means that because of those necessary changes in the intervals between the other five notes in the scale, uh, you know, so essentially, the tuner will pick will pick up a slightly wrong note. Exactly. So the and end result re report yeah. it as correct. Yes. So the end right, result okay. is that you know they favour fifths and thirds, etc. So it means that you end up with some great sounding chords, but there are others that that won't sound as good. Mm. So it's kind <laughs> of uh, it's you're getting one thing at the at you know at the expense of others. Um, mm. do, do you mean in the sense that you would, because what I'm imagining from what you're saying is that I would have to adapt some of my chords in playing a pre-written song. Is that sort of what you're getting at? Uh, no, no you wouldn't be able to adapt them. Some would just right. sound out of tune if you use this, but it's designed to be used carefully. And it would only mm. be very slight. I kind of feel like, I didn't feel like they, they sounded out of tune. I think to sort of the 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 people at Peterson, you know, probably you know, hearing things within a scent of a note, I imagine it does. But you know, it just it, it just means some things will sound a bit trashier than others. So, you, okay. so, so you talking about literally like 
okay, I can play, you know, if I play G, D and E, but I play them tuned with my Boss TU3 or tuned with my uh, Pizza and Stroke tuner, they'll sound different. If you select the sweetened tunings option on the Pizza yeah. and Strobe tuner, then yes. But here's a thing. This is a fun, cool thing that you can do with the Pizza and tu- tuner. If you're recording, you could record a guitar line in with normal, our standard equal temperament tuning, um, and then you could sweeten tune your guitar and record that same part in, play them alongside each other, and you will get this natural, lush chorusing sound. Hmm. It, um, um, it, it does make a difference, because I actually had one of the original Peterson Strober Stomp foot pedals, and I used to use the sweeten tuning, which just retuned the high E string, and um, it made a massive difference. Like an an audible difference, um, because a guitar is just not a very well intonated instrument, mm-hmm. um, and especially the way that we tune it is very weird. Yeah. Uh, so the way that because strobe tuners are so much, they're they're more accurate. Even though electronic tuners are really accurate, these are like super super accurate um and yet yeah, that those little bits of frequency make a make a tiny a tiny difference um but an audible one um and actually i guess it's the same as like or to a similar degree to like when diodario came out with the uh balance tension strings you know mm-hmm. we've just people use people use 10 to 46 because well that's the string gauge that you use and that's then a great comparison and then they came up with a different thing yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what came to mind as well for me joe mm. yeah yeah and it's just you know about kind of redressing the um relationship between the strings i guess is essentially you're doing the same thing but with the notes yeah yeah and also apart from anything this sounds like the sort of thing that would really really annoy a load of people people being like well you, you will you say my guitars you could chew uh you could chew my guitar rock so because of that i'm of course a hundred percent into it you know anything was, that's gonna annoy someone <laughs> yeah i was i was trying to role play an annoyed musician by the way yeah. when i was asking about <laughs> adapting chords that was uh, not me not getting it yet just to clarify uh yeah so so just so i'm clear and maybe it'll clear it up for some listeners as well are we talking about like quite fine amounts of adaptations yeah. on the on the part of the tuner so exactly, exactly. In, so in our standard guitar tuning we're we are still coming extremely close to eadgbe uh, but by a matter of sense the sweetened tuning is is altering it to sound better is that correct exactly yes oh, it's nice. considering okay. with the notes now. in a different way essentially yeah. so it, yeah, considering yeah. them to do with their intervals rather than the notes so considering yeah. them in relationship to each other rather to than to each other yeah okay. it, yeah, yeah exactly oh, it blows my mind but it's so cool i mean it's actually it's amazing it's cool isn't it it's so geeky mm. but i was like this is actually kind of awesome i thought oh, the, the the actual pedal itself was fantastic but the fact that you get all of that on the clip on in fact you get it all on the phone app as well uh, oh, oh well, wow. yeah, that's yeah, it's really impressive. It's an expensive phone app. It's ten quid, which is you know more than you know more more than most tuning apps will cost. But you know, for all the additions, I think that is pretty cool. I think um, as well. I spent a bit of time listening and quickly reading how a strobe tuner works, um, which I think Jay will be really into. He likes science and stuff. Um, basically. So it's a spinning disc that spins 
at a particular um, rotation speed for a fixed note. And then the electrical guitar signal from a pickup will then flash an LED at the amount of times per second for that frequency range. So, for example, um, if you played an A on the uh, fifth fret of the sixth string, which is 110 hertz it will the lamp would flash at 110 times or 440 times per second and then the disc that spins rotates at a fixed speed set by the user each disc rotation is set to a particularly frequent a particular frequency and then when the two match up it gives a visual impression that the disc slows down yeah. but it's oh, okay, actually yeah, it's still down, spinning yeah. uh, the persistence of vision um, from the strobing effect so effectively that is, that is very interesting I think so really cool. um, that's that's why they can be so accurate so it says here as well that because of that it will also they work really well for instruments that have very short voices so things like steel pans apparently um, or even tuning things like music boxes which use like little teeth on a on a needle the the voice of the note the decay of the note is so short that normal tuners don't work but strobe tuners can they can pick up the note that quickly oh Um, that's really interesting yeah so that's why they can be so accurate they reckon that a strobe system it can be up to 30 times more accurate than a normal electronic tuner um so there we go yeah crazy a crazy technology that someone how someone decided that was a thing at some point i'm guessing in the 50s or 60s um yeah um, amazing but yeah i think their most apparently their most expensive strobe tuner at one point was about three and a half thousand dollars and had 12 separate discs so it could tune chords um 12 discs one for each pitch of equally tempered octaves um so yeah, it's it despite you could display single notes or chords and then each note overtone substructure simultaneously. Of course. So you could be oh, super in tune. That's you've got a really yeah. For for people who really care about their tuning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but apparently it's handy for people that um I was just reading here, things like tuning musical bells or modal displays um of bells partials. So different notes that the overtone or different overtones that like instruments like that produce um so yeah I'd still imagine, used yeah i'd imagine in the manufacturing of instruments like that that would have to be a massive consideration oh that's a good point yeah yeah yeah. unless i'm i mean obviously i, I don't know about percussion or bells but i would imagine the user can't um can't alter the tuning after after the time, I remember yeah. once going into my local metaphysical store in Dublin. To your local what? My local metaphysical store. Oh, where else would you buy your crystals and tarot cards? <laughs> oh yeah, okay, fair enough. It was yeah, a yeah, phase. Yeah. It was. A, it was. It was. Listen, it was a dark time, but I went in, and on this particular day, um, the lady working there, who hilariously was, you know, supposed to be um, all manner of Zen, projecting only good vibes within the store, was. Um, her vibes were not good on this day. And it was because she ended up talking to me about it because obviously I was, you know, I was working in the music store up the road and we got talking about tuners and she, I think she was using a clip. It was either a clip tuner or one of the handheld ones like we spoke about earlier. 
uh, with a mic and essentially all of the singing bowls that she had just had delivered were um were out of tune. Well, out of tune no yeah. way that is like that wow Not yeah good. that is really interesting well i mean in her case it was completely fair enough i mean that's that's a you know obviously as stringed instrument players we you know maybe there are things we take for granted i mean we can we like can talk all day about intonation yeah. but at least we have tuners you know what i mean like or like uh tuner pegs to yeah. to use yeah but if you've if you've bought a, a singing bowl it's like, well, it either plays the note that you want it to play, or it plays the note that it advertises, or it doesn't. Well, exactly, yeah. And in, yeah, ter- yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of, um, you know, whether whether you're into that sort of stuff or not, that's that's import very important to get right. If you know, yeah, if the definitely. People, if the people buying them are um, are using them uh, mm. for their intended purposes, so and she, she just and she, she was- just she just didn't want to upset a load of people's chakras. That was all. Well, exactly. But so she was, she was like checking the tuning with a clip-on tuner. It was. I'm. I'm trying to remember. It was a clip-on or a. Um, it was a clip-on or a handheld. Amazing. Um, I, well, I, yeah, really cool. Yeah, I mean, well, it was. It was certainly a fully acoustic instrument. They're like. Um, have you seen singing bowls or have you used? Uh, them I love yeah. a singing bowl. One of my favorite Spotify playlists at the moment is "Sound of the Singing Bowl." Yes. Nice. There, they're inc- like if if you want to talk sustain, the sustain from a singing bowl is unbelievable. Holding yeah. one in your hand, I I never I have uh, some friends who both use them and have them. I've never owned one, and I also have I don't think been able to get the sustain right. So sometimes I've held one in my hand, and my friend would kind of uh, really slowly work the. I don't know what it's called, the singing bowl stick around the inside of the <laughs> room. <laughs> Hit me with your singing bowl stick. Um, yeah. uh, cool. I, I um, a couple years ago, I went to Toman. And so if you, if you haven't been, the Toman music store mm. is like just insane. Mm-hmm. It's just, and they have an entire orchestral department. And in that department, there's a separate room for gongs and singing bowls. Oh, wow. uh, and they had about a hundred different singing bowls on display, including one that I think was about five grand that is massive that you stand in. And the no idea is way. that you stand in it wow. and then you um, you move the um, special singing bowl stick around and the whole bowl vibrates and then it vibrates you to like a particular frequency. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely mental. And it was also the first time that I'd ever had a gong properly wand. demonstrated. Wand. Wand. Singing bowl wand. Is that what it's called? Yes, it's Thank called you, a wand. Joe. It's called a wand. Um, but yeah, the first time that anyone had properly demoed a gong. Um, mm-hmm. And it is the most surreal experience. Like, is, it, is that because of like the changing of the overtones and stuff? And yeah, because you're not supposed to just like you're not supposed to just like smash it. You know, yeah. you're not supposed to you're not supposed to just do Spinal Tap. Basically. No, um, no. Yeah, 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 you're supposed to like basically just like r- rub it really gently for ages, and then it, the vibrations build up over time, oh. and then all these overtones change. It's just mad. And consider that the proper ones are hand hammered as well. Yeah, it's just um, that's incredible. Yeah, right, this is something I need to get a, into. It's a well, it's a proper different world, isn't it? I mean, that's that's why I kind of get excited talking about the sustain from a singing bowl. It's like such an unassuming instrument, and again, you know, we're in a grouping of instruments as our main instruments, where we, you know, can control the notes that we play and can control melody and all this sort of stuff. And it's just a completely different um, approach to sound. 
I, yeah. might bu- I might buy one and mic it up and then run it through my pedal board. D- absolutely. I, I've been thinking about that. hundred percent. That would be very cool. Yeah, I, I've been thinking about getting a singing bowl. I really, I, I really like them. I, like you, Matty, I, I listen to a lot of uh, a lot of like um, that sort of stuff on on Spotify and on YouTube and stuff. And they do sound like magical. They really do sound magical. Um, and they can get so loud as well. That's the crazy thing about them. Like if you're not mm-hmm. if you're not careful, they can, you know, they can get really really loud. Um, How much are they? Yeah, I, I, I think they. Like- I think. They vary in price, but like you don't get, have get to one spend for twenty quid. Yeah, easy. I mean, you can actually get them for twenty quid. A singing bowl. Yeah. Oh wow! I I sort of get the impression it's not dissimilar to sort of the the symbol business where like you can get a symbol yeah, but for you probably you know, shouldn't sub you know sixty ish pounds. But I mean, you can should apply you that get to a symbol in life? Yeah. Wait, are you, exactly. Are you, are yeah. you suggested I can get a singing bowl splash? Just for like, you know, <laughs> just before I get into the break, the, I, the breakdown. I, I think a- you would have to check with your local metaphysician. But, um, <laughs> um, yeah, which which I'm not criticising, by the way. I just I did admire this woman's attention to detail. Yeah, no, on this day. it's amazing. Really, yeah. like, really, really amazing. I I wonder if she was like she tuned them. Uh, like as uh, that's just what she did, whether you know to check the quality of them, or whether she like played them and just you know essentially was able to pick it up by ear, like you know real musicians can when they're uh, oh, when they're playing in... guitar. And I say real musicians as in not not me, um, you know. Fine, I'm just going to say it. you shouldn't be so harsh on yourself. <laughs> I love the silence from uh, <laughs> from Joe and Matt. <laughs> God, guys, <laughs> just no one stepping in to come and no, get no, 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 no. Like I, I, I yeah. In all seriousness, though, like you know, it, it, it's not it's something that I've been any good at ever, and that's with a you know playing guitar that I've done for years and years and years. And I do wonder whether it's something that like. She just played and was like, "Well, that doesn't sound right." Like, oh yeah, I better well, go and get a tuner, you know. Yeah, I get you. I did wonder the same thing. Did it just sound off to her, or in her line of work, does maybe I don't know? Maybe does she practice something where she uh, assesses them in in uh, a way in line with her her <laughs> healing work? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm yeah. trying so hard not to sound like I'm on either side of the fence here, um, <laughs> but yeah, there you go. Oh, there Here's you go. Tuners, this... everybody. <laughs> With a slight this tangent is... into singing bowls. Yeah. The, singing, the singing bowl nerds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, pref- I prefer the tone of a quartz one compared to the, you know, more traditional hand hammered brass. Um, my wand has to be made out of pure mahogany for the ultimate tone. Um, yeah, singing bowl nerds. There we go. If it, yeah, singing if it hasn't nerds. been. If it hasn't been cut out of a Siberian cliff, then forget about it, mate. It's yeah, over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crystal skull. Now, we are actually, you know, we are pretty long in the tooth of this episode, and we haven't talked about, like, you know, any of the main stuff yet. So I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to talk about that stuff. <laughs> I'm going to extend this slightly so that we can talk about that stuff. But Matt, I mean, Knight, I've, got absol- I've got absolutely no idea how long this episode's been because it's well, been over. Yeah, like, exactly. You're going to have a nightmare editing it. It's going to be over this, like yeah. four different tracks. For, for the listener who doesn't understand what Jay's saying, this, this episode has broken down a few times and, and with it goes the sort of clock that tells us how long we've been uh, podcasting for. So, so yes, it's, uh, 
Yeah, there you go. Matt, you uh, yes. you recently Save us. <laughs> you recently um, acquired the new uh, Generation Two Isotope Spire Studio, which we've spoken a bit about on the the last couple of weeks. I, I kind of think maybe the last couple of weeks, but it's something that for me this week I really got to actually spend some time with and. And you know, I, I, you've got one of these as well, the Generation Two. Uh, how mm-hmm. are you finding it? Yeah, you know what I like. Um, to me, it's just a really good sketchpad for ideas, very, very quickly. Um, so even though I've sort of been messing around with the studio and kind of got things sort of set up so that you know, if I've got Personas loaded and I can kind of record a guitar in pretty quickly and you know, load up Easy Drummer, but quite often I find that like in a lunch break or even at a weekend, if I'm just sort of having a coffee in the morning or something, I might just play my acoustic or I might, you know, sort of tinker around on the bass. I'll come up with something and I'm like, I haven't got the time to like get the door loaded up and have a project ready to go. But with the isotope, you can kind of just load, start your phone, turn it on and then just the preamps and the sound, the mic and everything's so good inside. You can just, go right i'm going to start laying down a bit of a track and it's just this great little pad for just capturing ideas really really quickly um and even capturing alternate parts you know if i put down an acoustic i might then like play another melody line over the top of it um but yeah that it's just been great to have on my desk as something to sort of go to when i needed it i i think of it as like a guitar player's essential because it doesn't require that learning curve that you know knowing a daw inside now and Mm -hmm. having Mm -hmm. an interface and uh, either a bunch of plugins or a complicated micing up you know thing it is just it's a great unit that is very much essentially a microphone for your phone um and coupled with the isotope spire studio app it just it's super easy to use. Like you don't need to know how DAWs work, and you can make an entire track with it. I think that's what's kind of. I mean, the the cool thing about the Isotope app is you can actually use it on its Todd. Like because the Spire very much the buttons that you have to control on the Spire Studio are things that you can also control on your phone through the app. So essentially, what it is is it's the mic and the preamp that, and of course the you know the XLR and and jack ins on on the back of the Spire, but you can use the app on its own, um, even without the Spire Studio, which is really cool. And you can even get the Pro features, the Isotope Pro features. In fact, I think I think if you download the app, it might come with like you might get the Pro features free for fourteen days or something like that, which is really cool. The Pro features include like uh, like the Isotope. Um, uh, like ozone software for when you're exporting so that's the mastering software for when you're exporting the rx software which is how it removes noise if you're you know if, if there are cars driving by outside or if there's just a ground hum in your room um, and the auto-tuning software which is very good um, very good and you're able to use super subtly um, which you don't necessarily yeah. need if you're just you know as matt says using it as a as a sketch pad but really cool one um additions. one cool thing i i that i'm gonna start doing with it because actually i've i've been to a couple of uh things recently with this um video shoot that i was doing we were doing a pre-production day with this um guitar player and he left a mic on in the room the entire time so like 
he was like, oh, if we play something and it sounds really good, like I don't have to worry about setting things up. I'll just have a room mic on all of the time. And then we were coming up with ideas and then he was like, oh, right, cool. I've captured that. I can go back over it and then record another part or re-record it. But it also captures conversations in between. So with the original Spire, even though I only got to do it literally, I think we had a, a first band rehearsal with a new project. We sort of decided to kickstart one week before the whole place went into uh, the whole country went into like total lockdown we took it to a rehearsal studio and just turned it on and then just sort of like captured a few ideas all oh, right we're going to practice this or this is the song i've got listen to it back and then like you know played it back and came up with a few ideas but doing a session like that and leaving it on the whole time so you can capture the conversations between two people and saying oh yeah actually maybe we should try this or we should try that so when you go back and you want to do like a full version in a DAW, you've got all like the notes in there as well. Um, but one feature that I actually asked them to add, which they did include in the first generation, which carries, I believe carries over into this one, was I was creating ideas to send to someone else um, just as a, a WAV file. But I was like, when I went back to it, I'd forgotten the chords that I'd played. Like I might come up with something in the moment. So they added the notepad in. So you can be like, oh, if you play something, you know, and you record 30 seconds of it, you know, and then you've got to go back to work or whatever. You can record, oh, right, okay, yeah, this was in C. I used a capo on the fifth fret and I played these chords, which I thought was just really handy. Again, just that kind of sketch pad type thing. Oh, I know- wait. So, sorry, Matt, you can add that to, you can as add- in after the fact, you're saying you can add that to like a saved session or yeah. a saved track. Yeah, I, yeah, I love that. I, I I love everything you were saying about this. Is it like, like, am I right in thinking this is like, sort of bridging the gap between both mobile DAW and and um, desktop DAW and the simple like audio notes app on our phones? Exactly that. Yeah, like, yeah. Exactly it, that. It's just amazing. I feel like what a gap in the market to go for. Like. I'm sure you guys as well, like no musicians, you know, who you consider super skilled and you're hanging out with them and they're showing you notes off their phone and you just think, God, like, you know, you have so many incredible bits of music, you know, just sketched down. And to be able to multi-track that is is just so, um, well, it's so efficient in one way because, you know, if you're spending five minutes recording something, then it'll only take you one more minute to put another track over it and... Um, and enhance your idea kind of straight away but also exactly like you touched on Matt like for so many of us who are working from home now the quiet for a lot of us of working from home certainly brings with it ideas but you know it, it's so much harder to justify 15-20 minutes setting up your you know your rig whereas um yeah this seems to really be the perfect tool that can mm. just sit on your desk and essentially be record ready within several taps on a phone it's yeah. incredible and i th- i think you know i i've used it you know a few times if i've um you know just playing around with the pedal board and done something a bit ambient just to kind of capture yeah. some sound at like nice high quality uh, i mean joe obviously you did a, full, a few full tracks with it um, yeah, well, last actually, year as well yeah oh yeah last year we did some as well didn't we with the with the first generation uh, yeah yeah version yeah um yeah we, we're actually we, we're going to do something we don't often do on the podcast we are we are going to play a little sound sample i made a funny what? little guitar i know i know i made a funny little guitar nerd song earlier today so i only spent about uh, half an hour on this it's very very rough and ready um but i thought this is a this is kind of a, a great example of of just what the spire is capable of 
you know, I recorded in like vocals, a pair of backing vocals, which I was able to pan, uh, two acoustic guitars doing very similar things, again, panned. I was able to plug in an electric directly. I used my Harmony Silhouette plugged it directly into the jack out on the on the back and used one of the isotope spy comes with some amp sims as well with effects and it does a um it does a fender twin uh style or a fender deluxe style um uh style amplifier with with loads of reverb and and a nice bit of tremolo so i used that for a bit of backing i got uh, so uh, my my partner emma's got uh glandular fever or uh, mono for the americans uh at, at the moment so i was like i was waking her up from bed where she was sleeping being like emma i, I need you to play piano on this thing and she was like <laughs> oh god i'm so sick and i was like come on come downstairs and play piano and i i got her to sort of play you know in some some little bits on there as well but you know for something that was put together in 30 minutes uses that nothing i have done has been done outside of um the the spire studio app and the plugins um and e- even able to just you know apply a little bit of auto tune to the backing vocals to to kind of smooth them out just an incredible incredible bit of kit for you know for something where you're just sort of getting down rough ideas here's here's the track dear listener well i was thinking about guitar nerds whilst at work or on a drive they got sweet butterscotch telecasters and es175s and i was in the bath this morning thinking about my favorite host was it the one with the impossible rig or he who's seen a ghost i said There you go. There you go. So that, oh, uh, that I thought, is I thought, you, you, I thought I was fantastic, Joe. <laughs> Brilliant, Flacho. Yes. Okay. Fine. That was yes. More. Co- but I, I did actually send it to you guys. So you, you did. And I listened to it. I thought it sounded like. I thought it sounded like Tom Petty. Tom Petty. I loved it. Oh. I thought it sounded like Johnny yeah. Cash's heart. Oh, thank you. Very- Thank you. Did we listen to the I, I didn't. I didn't. No, I, I didn't actually on? think it sounded like that. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you so, very much. I was hoping that would um, be casually lost in the recording for someone to listen back to. Um, yes. uh, what did, what I, did Emma? Emma said to me when I played it to her. She said, uh, "It sounds like Nick Cave and the Bow Seeds." Bow <laughs> Seeds. Bow Banton reference there for for old listeners, but yeah, there you go. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, to, the thing is, is like, if if you want the take from the uh, from the idiot in the room, um, even I've been using my my one. I was going to say you have been using you. You've got the, have, the yeah. first generation one. I have got the first generation one, and I recorded a three track demo over the weekend. Really uh, nice. Yeah, I did yeah 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 I did. Um, uh, well, I I recorded two new songs and one that I did a little while ago. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was good fun. And I mean, you know, they really are like pretty basic demos. Um, and actually, I, di- I didn't realize. Can, can you just plug into the? Can you just plug in? Yeah, your guitar the, straight into, in. Yeah, into the yeah. back. Yeah, even the, the, even on the original one. Yeah, yeah, on the original yeah. one. You've oh, got right, the same. Okay. You've got the same amp models on there. There's a Fender. There's a Vox. There's an. I think a, there's a Marshall. I think there's an Orange style one. I can't remember. Oh, but okay. they're all this is interesting. They're actually because I just like, I just really went into good. my. I just went into my Mustang GTX and just like put the um, put the spire oh. next to it and ah, right, it just yeah. just used the mic or whatever, um, which which worked fine. Um, what's it? What's really funny though is you know how uh, it you it's you do the sound check and it says oh we'll you know pr- play whatever you're playing and then we'll tell you we'll work out what it is that you're playing and then we will uh, we'll let, like set the EQ parameters or whatever. Um, well, like we often joke about how my guitar playing is like very, very weird and like, like quite aggressive. Um, well, when I was playing bass, it, uh, thought I was playing guitar and when I was playing guitar, it thought I was playing drums. So I did have to correct it a couple of times. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, and I guess I, I guess I maybe just had to like move it a little bit further away from my actual guitar um, because you know maybe I was just clattering around a lot. But uh, no, I, I I really like it. I think it's really good. It's really simple. Um, the you know the monitoring system is really good it, it just works really really well so i'm a uh it's uh it's a yes from me i'm i'm fully fully into it and keen to keen to see what the the new one does mm, yes absolutely it is fantastically cool now that is way more than the uh, the time we actually have on this week's episode but you can of course join us over on patreon at patreon.com forward slash guitar it's for an entire extra episode every week you can become a patreon supporter for as little as a dollar a month at the dollar tier you'll get this episode ad free and early every week five dollars and you get access to our entire back catalogue of patreon special episodes and at the ten dollar tier you get all of those things plus i'll sing you my thanks at the end of every episode. And if your name is Taj Harmon, then you actually get your own very special song on uh, this week's episode as well. Find us on all your favourite social media platforms and join the Guitar Nerds group on Facebook to get involved in our weekly episode discussion. Thanks for listening. You've been lovely. We've been the Guitar Nerds. Farewell. (laughs) Cheers, Bye. Bye.
When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.